talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. And welcome, and we are delighted, as always, to be spending our time with you. Uh, we were off last week on a, I think, much-deserved holiday, Marsha. Oh, my gosh. It was, it was absolutely wonderful. I went to the Getty Museum in Los Angeles, took a bunch of photos. Getty Museum even tweeted back to me while I was there. Cool. Took amazing photos, which I'm going to be posting on Picasso. I'm just... It was great. First Saturday off in gosh knows how long. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, I, us, too. I mean, we, we rarely take any time off from the show, so it was nice. I uh, just I had a wedding to go to in San Diego, so we had a very nice... I want to tell you something. For any of you in the world who have never been to San Diego, wow, what a great place to be. While the weather was like 100 in L.A., it was about 75 in San Diego, and just absolutely beautiful. So uh, my wife, by the way, just pointed out to me, that, and this ties in with our guest that uh, today is 9, 10, 11. We go on at 12 o'clock. So 9, 10, 11, 12. How weird is that? Well, you know what we're going to be doing tomorrow? Um, Kurt and my daughter, right now they're baking cookies and cupcakes to take to the firefighters at the local fire station for Oh, that's 9/11. a great idea. Yeah, they were they were so much involved. And I don't know if you had a chance to watch Rescue Me during the last few seasons. It's uh, with uh, Dennis Leary about uh, NY Fire Department, uh, Fire Department, New York City firemen. And, uh, I mean, it was a comedy and it was a lot of silly stuff, but it was really great stuff for the uh, talking about the uh, firefighters who are involved, not only in 9-11, but in everything else that they actually do on a daily basis. They, I have to say that they saved our house about five years ago. We got evacuated, and I have nothing but the utmost respect for firefighters. So uh, anyway, tomorrow being one of, without a doubt, the worst days in the history of the United States, and we uh, have a fascinating guest lined up for you. She is senior editor of CSO Online, Joan uh, Goodchild, who is the only journalist to gain exclusive in, an exclusive interview with Louis Barani, who is Director of Security at the World Trade Center, just two months before the 9-11 anniversary. Uh, so, Joan, are you there? And welcome to the show. Hi, I'm here. Thanks very much for having me. Our pleasure. Great to have you. Yeah, yeah we thank you. I, you know, so much has gone on in the last... Uh, Gosh, this is 10, 11, so as many years as we've had since the 9-11 disaster. T- talk to us about what's changed technologically, first of all. You know, w- are we more prepared than we were? What are they doing in security uh, at the World Trade Center and the director of security at the World Trade Center? Yeah, well, I mean, just in, in general, in terms of security, I mean, CSO stands for Chief Security Officer, and that is actually a title that was born out of the, uh, you know, increased, amount of recognition of how important security is at organizations around the country. You know, I mean, we, we exist now because um, of the emphasis now on security on so many different levels in so many different places. So, you know, 9-11 really uh, is what gave the CSO its title. Um, and in, down at the World Trade Center, you know, certainly things are no different. Security is a paramount concern, uh, and uh, they have a situational awareness platform is what the security system is going to be like at the World Trade Center, you know, when it finally opens up. As you know, they're dedicating the memorial tomorrow, and that's really the first piece of this redevelopment mm-hmm. that will be open. But over the course of next several years, they'll be opening, you know, some skyscrapers there again. There will be um, a retail center, a transportation hub, and uh, Luberani is in charge of, uh, of the security for those operations. You know, and how fitting it is that they finally got Osama bin Laden right at the time that we're reopening the World Trade Center. 
I know it's, a, it's an incredibly uh, you know poignant uh, poignant statement, certainly. Well, let's talk a little bit about what, what are some of the new security features that are being used at the World Trade Center. So I mentioned you know the, that term situational awareness. I mean, Luberani is a guy who uh, came into this job a couple of years ago. He had been with Port Authority for some time in a security um, position there. And, uh, you know, is also a naval veteran and has had, you know, years and years of experience in the private sector as well in security. So they brought him in and he has designed this system. Situational awareness is basically just sort of what it sounds like. It's, you know, an awareness and understanding of, of what's going on on many different levels. So it's more than just sort of that, you know, reactive type security that we were used to for so long. This is a, uh, system that basically takes together event management and identity management products from two companies called Vidsys and Quantum Secure, and then kind of brings that information together so the security folks can have an, you know, sort of, uh, above ground look at what's going on at all times, and it gives them an idea of, you know, if there's something they need to respond to, even though there hasn't actually been a security event yet. Now they have something like 4,000 security cameras? They have something like, <laughs> they do, they've got about 4,000 um, security cameras. And so to monitor that all the time actively would obviously be impossible. And that's where the situational awareness platform comes in. I mean, would you like me to give an example? Of, please. You know, how, oh, how please. Sort of yeah, we want to hear all about it. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, so for instance, like, um, you know, when we're talking about identity management, I'm talking about, um, you know, the, ki- the kind of system that keeps track, for instance, of, when people come in and out of an office building, for instance, you know, we're talking about the badge card, the thing that opens the door and so mm-hmm. forth. So that has been coupled with um, the identity management product, I mean, event management product, so that if somebody gets a card, you know, say an employee loses a card on the street or something and, and it gets into the wrong hands, if whoever's got it tries to get into a closet in one area and then they go and they try to get into a central chiller plant in another area and they're sort of, you know, kind of poking around because they might not have the best intentions, this system would see all of those different access entry attempts and it would put it together so that it could alert the security folks, you know, hey, we've got this one card hmm. and it's been flagged as being tried to get into a bunch of different places that aren't necessarily typical places where this card would be used. Maybe that's something that you want to look at, you know, and that really contrasts with the way security has been handled in the past where it's sort of you know, this is a single event. Somebody tries to swipe a card in a bunch of different places. This platform really takes that information, puts it together with other information so that it can be flagged for the security folks to perhaps react to. And, and that's, a, I mean, I think the, the issue has always been that we weren't proactive enough. So now you're talking about an area where instead of, we're, as you said, we're a little bit, we were passive before, now we're proactive. Exactly. You know, and it, just, it, it sort of, it keeps that, um, you know, awareness there and it kind of helps to try to do the job where the active monitoring can't always take place because you have this digital information that comes together. There's, a, you know, what, what Barani refers to as a rules driver. And so it kind of reads that information, you know, much in the way a lot of different software that you use in your own computer would, would put together some information and try mm-hmm. to give, you know, give you some feedback on it. That's what the system does for them. Okay. So, are you know, we always hear when you travel LL Airlines, it's always safe because they have profiling down totally. Are we moving more in this direction where we're really centering on, you know, evil deed doers? I mean, are, are we finally coming to the point where we're having, you know, retina scanning, things like this? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. I think the airports, they definitely have a, a different uh, a different kind of job. And, 
Well, certainly the World Trade Center, you know, for, for the rest of our lives and, and certainly, you know, as long as it exists, will probably always be seen as, potent, you know, again, another potential target for a hit. Um, you know, I don't, this system doesn't necessarily profile or try to, you know, look at people based on that. This is more about kind of taking information that they've already got and, and combining it um, in a way so that they can kind of read it out and tell if there's something that they need to react to. But there's other features, too, you know, as well that, like, um, you know, the stairs are pressurized, for instance, so that you wow. know, if a safety crew needs to figure out how many folks do we have on this particular um, set of stairs in, in, in the event of a fire and so forth, they'd be able to get access to that information. So there's lots of different components to it, um, you know, that really contrast with the way the buildings were built in the past. Now, I understand there's also chemical sensors here. Right, yeah. Now, and, and certainly, um, you know, you, uh, I'm sure as you both recall, too, um, you know, the, the whole idea of a, of a bioterror attack certainly came to be top of mind for um, DHS officials and security experts um, in this country and around the globe after 9-11. Um, there are chemical sensors so that they can tell things like, you know, what agent is potentially been released in the air. It also, you know, it has, has wind sensors so it knows what direction the wind is going in, you know, at what speed it might travel, where it might go, so that in the event that there is some sort of biological agent released at the site, they've got that information, too, to be able to do with what they need to do. What is the physical makeup of the new World Trade Center? Is it, is it tower-wise the same as the old one was? No, I mean, um, the new, so the new World Trade Center will comprise, in addition to the memorial, it's going to have five skyscrapers. Um, the first tower, you know, they call it Tower One, but uh, you also may have heard the expression the Freedom Tower. Mm -hmm. um, that's uh, what Tower One is. That's going to be the tallest building in the United States when they finally complete it. It's beautiful. Um, I saw the pictures. It's really amazing. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a gorgeous building. They've got. Um, they've already got some contracts for some tenants in there. Uh, the most notable, of course, Condé Nast, which publishes a lot of the major magazines that we're all familiar with. Um, so they're you know really thrilled with that. Um, but you know, there's going to be a lot of high profile folks in the in this in this facility, just like uh, you know in the previous one, and uh, you know a lot of security concerns around what goes on in these buildings. Aside, of course, from just you know a terrorist attack, there's all kinds of potentials. Um, for danger, and so, you know, the, the platform really keeps that in mind as well. But I'm um, just going back to your question about, um, you know, physically, too, there's a, there's a lot of differences. I mean, we saw on the attacks during 9-11, um, you know, a lot of the issues with the building, um, you know, obviously both of the towers, um, you know, very tragically crumbled after being impacted, and these buildings are being built in ways, too, that kind of address some of the structural deficiencies before. For instance, the skyscrapers that are being constructed now are being built with structural redundancy and dense and highly adhesive fireproofing materials. So, you know, a lot of those lessons learned, we talked a lot about lessons learned in the piece I wrote on this, a lot of the, the lessons learned from the unfortunate events 10 years ago are really being put into play with what they're building now. Now, Joan, we've got to go to break. When we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit more about, tell us what CSI, CSO rather, actually does and the, the worldwide threats and what we're doing certainly technologically to help those. And also, I'd like to ask you, do you know how do you prevent or what happens if something similar were to happen a plane crashing into a building how do you how do you safeguard that kind of a situation which is what of course happened at 911 uh, so uh stay with us just a minute we'll talk some more about this and find out what it is uh Marsha, a little later we're going to talk about you have um, someone's calling in about the HPV um, oh i have all kinds of news at the 1 p.m. hour on the HP touchpad 
And we're going to talk a little bit about the eBay on location conference I went to. we got a lot coming up. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Great stuff. This is Marsha Collier, and I'm along with Mark Cohen on WS Radio, the worldwide leader in Internet You are listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. What are connected devices? E-readers, GPS, home security, digital cameras, fitness monitors, smartphones, just to name a few. Where can you find out more about connected devices? Subscribe to Connected World, the go-to magazine for connected devices. Learn all about the hot new devices available to make both work and play more convenient and fun. You can receive a one-year subscription to the print issue for only $12.97. Or for a few additional dollars, you can also subscribe to the digital version of Connected World. What better way to stay ahead of the times than to read about connected devices on your e-reader or smartphone? Visit www.connectedworldmag.com today to subscribe to the print and digital issues of Connected World magazine for only $17.97. Get connected today. Follow us on Twitter at ConnectedWMag. You know, selling online can be a challenge, but thanks to Dymo Indicia, shipping isn't. With Dymo Indicia, you can print prepaid U.S. Postal Service shipping labels directly from your Mac or PC. By eliminating your trip to the post office, Dymo Indicia lets you focus on finding, listing, and selling your products. My friends can save hundreds of dollars on a Dymo Indicia postage solution by visiting endicia.com slash cool eBay tools. Dymo Indicia is the leading Internet postage provider with over $5 billion of postage printed. Indicia is integrated into over 100 third-party applications, which makes your inventory management easy. You get access to discounted delivery and signature confirmation, discounted parcel insurance, and hidden stealth postage. Shipping internationally? With Dymo Indicia, you can also print a first-class international shipping label. Dymo Indicia is the smart way to get it done. Visit endicia.com slash cool eBay tools. For the past decade, I've been recommending Kingston for all your drive and memory need. And each year, they never fail to impress me. If you've never used an SSD before, the V-Series might just be the ticket. Let's say you've had that computer for a few years and it's starting to run a little slow. If you're not ready to replace it, Kingston's SSD, now V-Series solid-state drive, can kickstart that old system and make it feel like new. It will improve performance as boot and shutdown times are reduced and programs open and close faster. In general, the system is snappier. It's like breathing new life into an existing system. If you own a desktop, the 30-gig Kingston V-Series SSD is the perfect companion to that hard drive you have with all that music and movie. Put the operating system on the SSD and keep the data where it's at. Sit back and watch your old desktop operate faster. There's a capacity and a model for everyone wanting to upgrade from a traditional hard drive to a solid-state drive. Check out the Kingston SSD Now V-Series. SSD at www.kingston.com. Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com. Welcome back to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. And if you want to call us, we're at 877-474-3302. Love to talk to you. Uh, we're talking to CSO uh, Senior Editor Joan Goodchild, who is the only journalist who actually gained an exclusive interview with uh, Louis Barani, who is Director of Security at the World Trade Center, just a couple of months before the 9-11 anniversary. And, Joan, 
talk to us a little bit about first, what is CSO? What do you guys do? Yeah, so CSO is a publication basically for folks in the security profession. Um, you know, we write about security and risk, and our readership is um, mainly security managers, of course, CSOs, um, but that, uh, that title uh, doesn't always exist at every organization. But, you know, these days in just about every large enterprise around the country, or around the world, I should say, there's, there's generally somebody who is, uh, has a director-type position for security and oversees the security efforts for an organization. So, you know, we write about security of all kinds with a, most of our emphasis on digital security, and we talk a lot about, um, you know, what these folks can do to try to mitigate risk within their organization, best practices, creating security policies, how to advise their users to, um, you know, use their machines and their networks in the safest possible way, and, uh, you know, other types of uh, information like that. You know, it's very funny. I, I was at a conference last week, and I met uh, some CSOs, and, you know, I didn't recognize them. They didn't look like anybody other than people in the crowd, yep. except they were a little bit taller, actually. <laughs> and it's interesting in the tech world, I don't know if you're familiar with things called hackathons, and that's when they get a bunch of coders together, and they stay in a room until they all develop an application. <laughs> But realize that you're dealing with some of the very, very smart people in computer technology here. And there was one where a very famous one showed up, actually the guy who invented the uh, the hack that somebody adapted to take down Sony's PlayStation. Oh, yeah. And he was there, but he wasn't doing anything bad. Right. And, you know, I'm having dinner talking to the security people on exactly how they observed and, you know, how they would walk past his computer. It, it was just amazing. It's very, Mark, you wouldn't believe how stealth oh, the security is these days. It's not like the old days with guys with the things in their ears. Well, it's funny, <laughs> actually. I have the opposite because uh, Joe and I host something in Los Angeles called the Distinguished Speaker Series. And in the last year or so, I've hosted uh, Tony Blair, Bill Clinton, Condoleezza Rice. And when I'm in those environments, those are the guys with the things in your ears. You know, there's 10 of them standing around. They look very um, big and large and people you would not want to mess but around with. But you see with, the so. thing in the technology world. Sure, it's They can't look like right, those. Right. They can't look like suits. So, I mean, they're there in hoodies and they're dressed right. down. It, it was absolutely amazing. And I actually you know, went to dinner just to hear the stories. Tall, beautiful women that you'd never expect. And, I mean... They take all kinds of training, like they know how to take down. It was unbelievable. You yeah. just have no idea how deep and stealthy CSOs have become. Yeah, well, it's kind of like the uh, air marshals that sit on planes that you're not supposed to recognize as an air marshal. Uh, so, Joan, l let me ask again. You know, we, we've had the, this horrible tragedy of 9-11. Is there some way of preventing an airplane from doing the same thing it did in 9-11? Referring to the World Trade Center buildings? Well, we're, yes, World Trade Center, but for that matter, really anywhere in the world. Yeah, I mean, I would say, well, first of all, I mean, we all know how, how different um, things are now, uh, now that what happened 10 years ago happened. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it changed the world in terms of how we all travel. I mean, we can't go to the airport anymore in, in 20 minutes ahead of time and expect to get on a plane for the most part. Um, sure. You know, we're subject to extreme scrutiny. Uh, certainly traveling across borders, regardless of how you want to do it, is, is, is much more difficult and complicated um, if you're planning on doing it legally. Um, you know, and, and, and things have changed, and, and that also um, applies to how the skies are monitored as well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to 
assume that if a plane tries to make its way into lower Manhattan at this point, it's going to get yes. stopped pretty quickly. Right, I would think. Um, that said, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier how the buildings are being built and some of those lessons learned from the tragedy 10 years ago. And, um, you know, these buildings are being built in a different way now with some of these considerations in mind. I mean, I mentioned, you know, the structural redundancy and so forth. And also, you know, I mean, the building's life safety systems, you know, the, the stairs, the ventilation shafts, the electrical risers, the elevators, those are all going to be encased in a core wall that will be three feet thick in most places. So, you know, I mean, when those when the plane crashed into um, the tower, when the planes crashed into the towers, we heard stories about how, you know, jet fuel went down the elevator shaft and people were burned that way and fires were started. I mean, a lot of people died from smoke inhalation in those buildings. And, you know, that's definitely being kept top of, top of mind when these buildings are being built now to try to make them a lot stronger and constructed in, in a different way so that those sort of things won't happen again. Good. You know, it was interesting also when I was traveling, um, you talk about planes coming in. The United States and Israel came up with something called the Iron Dome. Are you familiar with that? Uh, no, I don't think so. You know, we, we used to talk about Star Wars uh, with Reagan and people used to make fun of it, etc. Yeah. Um, the United States and Israel, you might want to Google it, developed something called the Iron Dome, which is a solution to short-range rocket threats. Oh, okay, yeah. And they also have an arrow system, and this was done between the United States. See, I learn all these things at conferences. <laughs> um, and they also have something called the arrow, which is a type of thing that really just retaliatory strike and will get anything that comes in. And it's hugely effective, and, and people don't know about all this, all these developments in technology. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. And you know, as you probably both heard too, I mean, just in the last couple of days, um, we've been given—I mean, the public has been given access to some of the recordings, um, you know, of what went on. Uh, oh, I on, heard. Yes, on 9/11, oh and, and a lot of the confusion that was there. Um, and uh, you know, of course, we all hope that things have been changed enough so that that kind of confusion wouldn't exist again today if we were under the same kind of circumstances. But don't human beings panic anyway? I mean, the confusion, I think, is going to happen no matter what the situation. It's just if we have better plans in space, uh, you know, for, for something to happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a, that's a really interesting concept, you know, the whole idea of people panicking, because, you know, I always you've used Israel a couple of times now as an example, and, you know, the thing that I always hear is that, it, you know, it's a it's a very different world in Israel where they are just so cognizant of the threat that is omnipresent that people are. It's just much more of a way of life for people, and so you know, I don't know if if panic would be quite um, the same way it would be over there as it would be in another country that perhaps isn't quite as prepared or where it's not drilled into them. I mean, I know my own children now get um, get prepped in school on you know drills, and I mean, there's even lockdown now, and you know, my, my six year old son understands the concept of lockdown. The world is very different, and um, you know, you, you like to hope that some of these, uh, you know, things put into practice would matter if there were an emergency. Hello? Hello? Oh, I'm sorry. I think we might have lost Mark. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you, it's interesting. You know, you're talking about emergency, but now we're really working on the structure of buildings and the changes that have been made uh, to make everything more secure. And I noticed I, I'll be tweeting out your your interview 
because the interview that you went in real depth, and you have a video on your interview, too, which I think everybody should see. So I'm going to tweet that Monday when we have the biggest audience. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it, it's great. And it is, um, you know, again, it, it's it's just, it's a different world. Um, you know, the, the, the piece tell really me, Tell me a little bit about VidSys and Quantum Secure. Yeah, they're event management, event management and ID management products. So, you know, again, um, you know, we're talk, when we're talking about uh, identity management, obviously that means, you know, managing uh, the identities of folks. That, you know, we're talking about things like CCTV, closed captioning TV, to, you know, see who's, you know, who's on a, in a facility, who's in a building, who's going into a doorway. And then event management is, um, you know, when things happen. I talked a lot about, you know, that swipe card as being an, an, an example of how event management um would be something that you might recognize. And, um, you know, so they both have products, and uh, they, Luberani built this system that puts together that information and essentially puts it into one place, you know, one place where they can get access to the information, uh, and it's at arm's reach if they need it. Well, the multiple access controls, the CCTV systems, um, even interesting stuff. I, I was reading about the air conditioning system. To tell the fire department when the status of a fire. Yes, and uh, you know, and like I mentioned too, it's um, you know, the stairs. The stairs are pressurized. If they uh, if they need to know how many people are, are trapped in a certain location, uh, that's that information is now available to safety crews too. And um, you know, I mean, Luberani said for the most part, you know, this is the type of stuff that uh, would be put into play in you know the event of a typical you know, safety event like a fire or something like that. But, you know, it also is going to be scaled out for if there were, unfortunately, some sort of dynamic situation like a hostile attack. I mean, this, this system gives them information on, as how he terms it, where the good guys are, where the bad guys are, and what they need to do about it. Now, and Marcia, you're... Just so you know, we had a... <laughs> it really scared me. We had a, the loudest thunderstorm I've ever heard. I, I, I told you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, we've completely lost our power in the studio, so I am actually talking to you from my cell phone, which hopefully <laughs> will hold up throughout the show. Uh, yeah, I was just so you know, uh, Joan, I was just kind of riffing there a minute because we have had such wicked thunder here, and when Mark disappeared, I'm going, oh, my goodness. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I have to say. Now, what is a Mumbai-style attack that you talk about? Yeah, so, you know, you remember uh, it was, uh, gosh, was that 2009 or it might have even been 2008? Uh, sorry, the exact date eludes me now, but, uh, you know, in in, in India, um, there was a situation where several um, men armed with guns went in and, uh, you know, they set off bombs and, and there were a lot of casualties there, you know. So it was, again, a situation, they were terrorists, um, you know, a situation where you had many people, a coordinated effort, people working together to, uh, you know, to try to cause harm and well, fatality Joe, to we, buildings we and got, people. We got the music playing, and I want to thank you so much for coming in and helping us and telling us some of this fascinating information that we have. Um, yeah, Joe, find us on CSOonline.com. Joan Goodchild, thank you so much for being a you great listening guest. to Computer thank and you. Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Are your salespeople running at the speed of the Internet? Are you providing the tools they need to compete? Bjorn Stansvik from MentorMate has a solution for increasing the effectiveness of your workforce. The most common problem we see our clients facing is that their salespeople don't have time for learning. IQPAC provides an adaptable mobile learning solution to help your sales force easily master the knowledge to compete effectively. 
Go to IQPAC.com. That's IQPAKK.com to learn more. Attention online sellers. Introducing a great source for high-quality, low-cost merchandise. Genco Marketplace is America's largest wholesale source of store returns and closeout inventory. Our huge volume and variety of products means online sellers can be insured of a steady source of supply. Find electronics, housewares, shoes, apparel, tools, and general merchandise all from one site. Discover the web's one-stop product source you can trust. Pallets for sale are posted to our easy-to-use e-commerce site, GencoMarketplace.com. There you'll find what you need fast and view a detailed list of items in the pallets. No surprises. Genco Marketplace has direct liquidation contracts with America's largest retailers and manufacturers, which means that buyers purchase direct from the source with no middleman markups. Huge variety, low risk, and fast, easy online purchasing. Register for free and begin bidding on loads the same day. Sign up today at GencoMarketplace.com. That's G-E-N-C-O Marketplace.com. You and Navy Mutual Aid Association. We've been through a lot together since 1879. In those days, they spoke a little more formally. But our mission statement remains the same. Our mission is to aid our members and their dependents or beneficiaries by providing with certainty and promptness a substantial sum for their relief. With insurance plans, it is near the actual net cost as possible. In other words, we offer low-cost, high-quality insurance so that your family will be taken care of. We do have a lot more choices now. Coverage is available to you and your family with no war or aviation clauses and no military or travel restrictions. Visit NavyMutual.org to obtain a quote, apply for the insurance, or fill out the forms. Or you can reach us at 800-628-6011 to speak with us in person. Navy Mutual, serving you since 1879. 